This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And we were live from St. Petersburg once again for the World Cup. We were reflecting on the fact we were in the stadium in St. Petersburg last night to see the host more or less secure qualification. A brilliant atmosphere. You'll hear what happened when we were in there. And you'll hear about how we went down to uh, Rapino, to the England Media Hotel, to meet Eric Dyer. That's right. Um, Andy played a bit of darts with him. We'll reflect on that as well. We had some top guests. Jerry Cox from the Haters News Agency in the UK was here. Uh, told us a great old football war story from his past involving Sepp Blatter. So we hope you enjoy that. We had the head of uh, Zenit's media and social media and uh, Twitter account. He came in and had a chat with us about the club. That was very interesting. Yeah. So all that and Tinsel, of course, and more. Oh, and Steve Freeth, he's loving all these TV shows. Yeah, thank you very much for your suggestions. He's going to be a star. That's right, it is. Five minutes past ten with you, five minutes past midday here in St. Petersburg. Uh, Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Andy. Uh, Good morning, Paul, and uh, good morning, everybody. And it was a a great after We finished the show yesterday. We Mm. went down to Rapino. It's quite a drive, actually, isn't it? Yeah, about 40 minutes. 40, 45 minutes. And the weather had taken a turn for the worst. Pretty heavy rain and winds. And uh, all the guys there, I think because the journalists are holed up for five weeks, things take on a sort of kind of different significance. And they were all desperate for me to beat Eric Dyer. They were desperate. <laughs> they were three nil down to the England team. Three yeah. journalists down to the England team. Three nil, and they they were said to me, "Oh, go on, Andy, practice. You know, go on, please have a go. You know, you sure." I said, "What do you think might happen here?" So let's have a look at the tail of the tape. So, twenty-four-year-old athlete with twenty-twenty vision versus a sixty-five-year-old bloke who can't even see the board. Eric, Eric did admit <laughs> though, uh, growing up in Portugal, we've not had a chance to play a lot of darts culturally. It's not massive out there. No. So um, the pressure was on him to an extent. Because uh, on top of the leaderboard, three players have played three journalists. Uh, Jonathan Northcroft from the uh, the Times, Sunday Times. He's not a bad darts player. Plays a bit in his local pub. Yeah. But he stepped up with Delhi Alley, and his game went to bits. The nerves well, they got all got to him. nervous. They said they were all very nervous. Yeah. Well, I'm not nervous because I'm not going to win. So I thought I'd play it for laughs, which I did. So you'll be able to have a look at mm. what I actually did. It's up there uh, on the Talksport website at TSH and J. It's been posted on Talksport as well, so you can watch the video of Andy playing. Uh, Eric's at dark. Suffice it to say, I got 180 less than 180. 
That's the best way of putting it, I think. It was quite spectacular. <laughs> yeah, it was. So, and the, say, the pressure was on Eric because Delhi's his great mate. And Delhi was yeah. top, and so he was never right. near the end of it. So he had to win. Uh, you probably guess from that that he probably did. So anyway, uh, go and check out the video at TSHNJ. Give us your thoughts on that throughout the show. And uh, so it's at the TalkSport website and lots of other places as well. And he's taking on Eric Dyer. We'll hear from Eric later. Uh, we had a bit of a football chat with him as well. Uh, but before that, as Sandy said, we were fortunate enough to be in the stadium last night for Russia versus Egypt. And this is how it all unfolded. Just had the anthems and they were fantastic. Sensational, stirring stuff. Yeah. And what a stadium this is. Amazing, absolutely amazing. It's a really sort of tight bowl, very, very close to the pitch. Fantastic. High rate, not great for vertigo sufferers like me, but great stadium. So uh, here we go then, Egypt versus Russia. 15 minutes in, well it was all Russia for about 10. Egypt have just started to get back into it, haven't they? And uh, Salah, it took him 10 minutes to get a touch. But he clearly looks the best player on the pitch here. And you, Russia look like they're panicking every time the ball comes in their area. I, meanwhile, got Stewart 6673 in front of me. He won't get out of the way. No. Just slightly annoying. Yeah, he's uh, been told to stand there and he, he's not moving. I'm starting to fear a bit of a nil-all here, but you think there's goals in this, I yeah? I think there's goals in I've just asked our producer, John Kelly, is it like this at Plainmore? He said very similar. Very similar, yeah, like a bowl of about 60-odd thousand people. And no Watford connection for our executive producer. Here comes the ball! So there we are, half-time. Nil-nil. Uh, uh, but a really good, exciting nil-nil. There been chances both ends, just lacking both little final ball, a bit of a cutting edge. I'd say neither of these two teams are winning the World Cup, though. No, I think you're probably right. We're now in the queue for an Infantino burger. That's right, yeah, yeah. Um, we've not... It's been a bit of a mad day, so we're, we're now basically having an hot dog in the stadium. That's dinner tonight. That's not good, is it? Yeah. <laughs> and Andy's obviously delighted with that being such a food snob. <laughs> Never mind. Right-hand side... It's looking for Zuba. Oh, it's gone into the net. It's an own goal by Fatty, the captain. An extraordinary moment, just 90 seconds into the second half. Well, Russia have scored, but not that we know that because we've been waiting 20 minutes for a hot dog. But we're so hungry, we waited anyway. It's a complete and utter disaster. <laughs> yeah, they're terrible. They're so slow. But what, Russia or the people serving the hot dogs? <laughs> well, we're back in our seats now. Where people, the... Uh... I didn't realise, as I, I, I explained in quite graphic Anglo-Saxon detail to our producer and head of football why we'd missed the goal. Not realising that the Russian people around us speak very good English and, and understood all of my yeah. Yeah, complaints about the service at the yeah. hot well, dog no, I think they just enjoyed the colourful language. But uh, anyway, they thought it was funny. Yeah, and a nice hot dog, but it's already repeating on me. Yeah, I think that's going to be a lot of wind. Got a small pocket to win. He's played it infield to Fernandez. Great run. And it's in the back of the net. And it's Cherishev who makes it 2-0 to the hosts. And well, we've finally seen a goal. Oh, yeah, we saw the goal. I think we saw the better guys. A nice move. Lovely move. They've gone mad in the stadium. 
surely that's it for Egypt and Russia will be through. You would think so, yeah. But it looks a long way back, doesn't it? Schubert, lovely touch, fabulous goal! Artem Schubert on his right foot, drilled it past El Shanawi. And Russia are running riot again. I think Egypt can start the car. Start the car, it's all over. Russia have qualified, surely. What a performance, they played so well. Amazing, they played, that was a great goal, really well finished. They look a bit broken now, Egypt, don't they? Yeah, and the crowd here have gone absolutely bananas. Wonderful atmosphere, two great goals, you've got to hand it to them. Well done, Russia. I think the Egyptian players may have had one of those hot dogs at half-time. <laughs> coming forward with Salah, edge of the area. He's pulled that ball square, little give and go. Salah goes over, penalty! It's a penalty to Egypt. Well, Egypt's got a penalty, mate, sorry. Can't see. Egypt's got a penalty. And you can see, somebody stood right in front of me. Yeah. Here we go then, Mo Salah. Small opportunity. Oh, yeah, buried it. Very good pen. And there is the full-time whistle. Two wins out of two for the hosts. They're on the brink of the knockout stage of the World Cup. Well, here we are, back in the bar of the hotel post-match. We've got to be honest, we did a... Cheers, George. See you next Saturday. We did leave about three or four minutes before the end, didn't we? And then got lost on the way out. Yeah, we did get completely lost. And there was a wind whipping off the Baltics. Oh, yeah. If you'll pardon the expression. <laughs> Roy Hudd. <laughs> Have you got a court subpoena? <laughs> and it was, it was literally like mid-March, honestly. It was freezing. But what a great night. Really, really enjoyable. And a terrific win for the home nation. Yeah. And great fun for us too, to be at our first World Cup game. Terrific. And uh, great atmosphere in the streets. The old car horns uh, blaring out there and uh, it was a great atmosphere in the stadium I think unlike the first game which was probably a bit more corporate as an opening match in Moscow a lot of fans there a lot really enjoying themselves so cheers cheers and there we are yes that was uh, how that the was uh, night unfolded Simon Evans from Reuters is with us he was also there and uh, he witnessed all the partying. There was a great atmosphere, and it's very noticeable. I, I, someone was saying earlier on that people are not really in, into football, are suddenly getting into football in this country, suddenly starting to believe in the national teams. They've gone from an embarrassment, really, to the, the, the sort of 11 guys that everybody's talking about. So Simon's going to join us. We'll talk about the significance uh, of this to uh, Russia as well very now, shortly. Now, uh, we mentioned the hot dogs there, and uh, I like to, when I'm on holiday for TalkSport, I like to do my food diet. And oh, normally yeah. it, it contains things like Alberu's delicious roast beef and langoustines. Oh, yeah, like that's that. in, yeah, indeed. Yeah. It's always fantastic. But honestly, the last 36 hours have been... A Your food diet to corker. Talk us through it very briefly. Well, I'm basically on the 5-2 diet. That's yeah. five days of fasting and two days of eating. <laughs> <laughs> three, okay, this is what I had. Three stodgy cold dumplings, yeah, a, plate, a plate of nachos, yeah. a handful of pecans, yeah. Some terrible tin soup, <laughs> at the, a, a plate of leather stroganoff <laughs> with overcooked veg with no nutritional value whatsoever, yeah. two hot dogs, a bowl of porridge. Honestly, the meal at five the, gold rings. Here, go on. The meal at the England Media Centre was quite simply amongst the five worst meals of my life. <laughs> it you, was, do you want to name the other four? <laughs> what was the worst? Can you remember that? 
Okay. I've put it on. I've sent it to Rufus, our assistant producer. Yeah. Hopefully, he's put it on TSH and J. Yeah. Honestly, it was terrible. Oh, okay. it reminded me of Eric's last name, Dyer. It really was <laughs> awful. There is a local restaurant there, yeah. though, in Rapino mm. called Stroganoff. I don't know what they serve there. I've got no idea. It's no. all yeah. Well, what you got? It's like the pound shop. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Set Blatter is in Set town. As we there. were just discussing with Tom there. Um, so you've got a little bit of a story from back in the day. Well, I mean, oh. Obviously, uh, I've seen Sepp Blatter one or two times since, uh, most notably in Zurich not long ago, when yeah. he was uh, seeking re-elect or got re-elected. Um, but no, this goes back. My first World Cup was uh, 1994 in America, and I sort of uh, I got on one of the Telegraphs, Daily Telegraphs, wild cards, if mm. it was, as a sort of freelance for them. But I was in Dallas, which was pretty much, you, you barely knew the World Cup was going on in Dallas in, in 94. It was, it was very low-key there. But it was also the head of FIFA. Their, their, the four seasons in Dallas was their headquarters. And every morning I'd have to check in with the Telegraph and see what they wanted. And on the Saturday morning, they said, uh, have you heard, you know, Andres Escobar, the Colombian player, has been shot dead last night mm. on his return home. He'd scored an own goal against America, I think it was, wasn't it? And uh, put Colombia out. And retribution was, you know, a bit more brutal than it, than it is elsewhere. And uh, they, he was shot dead. Mm. So they said, we, we've got to get a, a FIFA reaction. Can you get to the Four Seasons and see what you can get? So I toddled along to the Four Seasons Hotel, went to reception, and I said, I, I need to speak to someone at FIFA. I think Sepp Blatter was General Secretary at the time, um, so I thought well, he's, he's the best bet. He'd yeah. been a journalist, and I mean, he didn't quite have the, let's say, the, the reputation he has now. And, of course, they said, no chance, you know, da, 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 da. So I just sort of persistently and politely carried on and said, well, it's very important, show my accreditation, Sunday Telegraph, come all this way, you know, I need to speak to him. And eventually they sort of showed me through to the press office, and they were the FIFA press office. And again, they were sort of, no, 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 you know, I'm afraid not, you know, we, we'll make a statement later or whatever. And I just kept going, and, and eventually they said, well, come this way, and it was a senior communications officer for FIFA and he said look I'm sorry but you, you can't speak to Mr Blatter we will issue a statement I said well it's very important he's a he's a former journalist he understands how important it is to get his message out there and eventually it was a sort of big sign they let me into this room and it was a huge room and it was Sepp Blatter, Sep Blatter's suite and he was sitting there at his desk he didn't quite have the, the, the white cat in, yeah. his, in, his, in his lap, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was Mr. Cox. I've been waiting to see you sort of thing. So obviously word had got to him. And he said, um, he said come and join me. He had a small TV on his desk, and he said, um, well, I will give you a full, uh, full um, statement on this. It's a terrible tragedy. But first, Germany-Belgium's about to kick off, and I, I want to watch this. Uh, would you like to join me? And he said, and I said, all right. <laughs> so he said, um, uh, we'll get some tea and sandwiches. And we, we sat at his desk and watched Germ Germany-Belgium, the first half of Germany-Belgium. Wow. Um, just made small talk, you know, the, the cucumber sandwich was quite nice. Do so you know anything about football? He does, doesn't Yeah, he? obviously he does. Yeah. And uh, I think Philippe Albert was, I, I, I taught him the Philippe Albert song. Oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, he probably still sings it now. He probably yeah. does. Um, what a blag. Yeah, he was I saw it last night, he was humming it as he came <laughs> yeah, to the course, hotel. Yeah. And then uh, at half time, he gave me this nice interview, which, you know, 15, uh, well, five minutes worth yeah. of, of, you know, it's a terrible tragedy. We're a family and it's like one of our own, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and he said, now I must carry on. Please go downstairs. There's the bar at the poolside. You can wow. 
basically use my card, put it on the house. Oh, dear. Now, being obviously a very... Um, Jerry's still on the payroll. I think he is, yeah, yeah. He's going to say being, what a lovely bloke he is. Being a rigorous journalist, I made my excuses and left. But basically, I had to go and file my story, so I did, uh, I did just go there. Fantastic. But, and it was, uh, yeah, it was a world exclusive, you know, oh, set platter speed. So work. I don't think you could do that now. No, I, th- I, think, I think you'd struggle with Infantino. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Andy, uh, take it away. I know you've got some observations well, from uh, the trip so far and yesterday. It is one of my favourite moments of the holiday so far. And uh, business trip. Business trip. And uh, basically, the, the traffic in, in Russia is pretty bad in the big cities. It's yeah. pretty awful, really. And uh, you thought the traffic in Rapino was worse than it was in Moscow. But we were still in the car park. Yeah, I looked up <laughs> and I could just see this big van in front of us. And I thought it was a cue to get out of the car park. I thought it had reached, it, it had reached the Nadir, really, the Bad traffic in Russia. The uh, the yeah, our uh, fixer Ivan, who's done such a sterling job for the first two days, yeah. unfortunately he's left us to go on holiday with his family to Belarus. I haven't got a problem with that. I have. I was a bit annoyed with him actually, <laughs> but uh, as I was sort of cursing him for going, yeah. he then turned around and presented us all with gifts. He did. We'd only known him two days. It was really sweet. Fridge actually. magnets. Well, no, love, no, I'm not. I'm not. Yes, I'm not. I'm not thought, thought, thought that I counts. Didn't mean, only you'd look at it <laughs> like that. I'm very happy. I like a fridge magnet. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Uh, something else we've noticed. Oh, yeah. In our hotel at breakfast every day here in St. Petersburg, uh, the f- we thought there was a, a bird loose uh, in the <laughs> restaurant, didn't we? <laughs> because we could keep hearing this bird tweeting away. It often happens, doesn't it? It often happens. You go on a sort of Spanish holiday, uh, yeah. and then suddenly mm. there's a, a bird down there nicking your bacon. But So we're <laughs> waiting for this thing to swoop down or someone to start taking a broom to it and push it out of the window. But then we went from that to, to uh, a rainforest. <laughs> so it's clearly in effect, they think, what we really need yeah. in a St. Petersburg breakfast room is either a bird squawking away or just, I was waiting for a lizard to jump down on the table next. It's, it's very yeah, odd. Breakfast, honestly, is yeah. so bad. The porridge... It's, the it's porridge, not... It's <laughs> not snob. It's not snob. You've got no taste. Honestly. <laughs> if it's not the Four Seasons, it's not, not good <laughs> enough, is it, Andy? Your, your expectations are too high. You, you thought the porridge was too... Uh, what? Well, it was, I felt like it was like the three bears. The consistency of the porridge has become the biggest talking point every morning, hasn't it? Yeah. Very thin yesterday, wasn't it? It was like, it was like water. You put it in a glass, never mind a bowl. It wasn't good. Now, uh, our producer, John Cadigan, is a man of quite slight build, oh, yeah. to say the least. And we were on the hands of a small child, <laughs> yes. as uh, Tommy Cockles used to say. <laughs> and we were sitting on the Metro yesterday, yeah. going to the match, and he was dwarfed by this massive Russian bloke. He was huge. Yeah. And uh, one point John said to me, I think he's eyeing me up for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. I yeah. thought I thought that's quite a nice idea. I thought if he did eat John, he tastes quite apply, because he does like a, an apple-based drink, either a cider or an apple juice. Do you think he'd have a hint of apple about it? I think he has got that a sound, hint of apple. That about sounds it. quite nice. We did do this in Brazil. I don't think we want to return to it. But yeah. I, I don't know why we got on the subject of why if you ate the moose, what he would taste like. <laughs> but I know I think we possibly shouldn't return to that. Now, do you want something a bit oh, yeah. footbally? Oh yeah, go on. This came it's from a football a show. Sports Illustrated. A sports station. So sports Illustrated, right? Yeah. Had a headline that said Portugal or England interpret restart rule by omitting players from goal celebrations, and there's a picture of uh, uh, yeah. Jose Font there. While all the uh, they all celebrate the 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 equalising free kick, all the Portugal players, Jose Font stays on the pitch. Trippier did it as well. They're all off the pitch. Trippier did do it. So, Sports Illustrated say teams are being very cautious at the World Cup this year to make sure they don't accidentally put themselves in a position where they could end up allowing a very easy goal to their opponents. And you mentioned Trippier and Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, one player stayed on the pitch. 
Um, and uh, this is uh, to make sure to prevent the opposition from kicking off or at least cover themselves in case the laws of the game are interpreted in a way that could allow that. And according to the laws of the game, all the players except the one taking the kickoff must be in their own half of the field of play. If interpreted that players off the field of play entirely are not subjected to the same regulations as those on it, then the opposing team could theoretically kick off and resume play during a full team celebration while the goalkeeper stands alone against 10 men. Um, so I, the, I, what I find amazing about yeah. this story is the fact that how aware the players are of this law. Yeah, because normally, been told. often the players don't know the laws. They don't know the laws for handball. They don't know we, we're all in the same boat. But that fascinated me. They'd obviously been told. Now, uh, the opposition could also restart as soon as the scoring team all goes back to its side of the field, even in celebration, as long as the referee signalled. So I read this piece. Oh, yeah. And we know a, a, a ref, uh, well, a, an official up in Scotland called Robert, don't we? Yeah, lovely that's right. lad, Lovely Rob. bloke, Robert. And yeah. so I, I contacted Rob and I said, does this... Does this make sense to you? And he said, it's an interesting concept and fascinating to see the Portugal clip with Font. He said, but he could have just left the field and celebrated too. No referee in their right mind would ever allow a kickoff to be taken until the players are all back in their half. Furthermore, opponents cannot just take a kickoff as soon as they're ready. They have to wait for the referee signal, usually a whistle. All refs would uh, wait until the scoring team were back in their own half. So it's a misinterpretation of the laws, says uh, Bob. Uh, interestingly, though, he says, what teams haven't realised yet with VAR is that goals can be disallowed and a free kick... Uh, Quick free kick taken, not a kickoff yet. So remember Sol Campbell against Argentina. Every goal is automatically checked by VAR. Imagine if Kane was offside or there was a push by Maguire when winning the first header. You could have had a situation where Tunisia take a quick free kick and catch England out. So there we are. Something no one's really talked about. So, Robert, good man. Thank you very much for that insight. And uh, there'll be another edition of Paul Hawksby's Laws of the Game this time tomorrow. I I thought it was quite fascinating, (laughs) really. Maybe. I know know you wanted to talk more about what terrible food, but carry on saying. Off everything you've ever eaten that wasn't in a five star hotel. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, there was uh, actually uh, against myself, really. Uh, we've been given free travel, all the media in uh, in Moscow and St. Petersburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get a card, oh, obviously. That was hilarious. Oh, blimey. Now, what happens is we, I should <laughs> let me take this over because <laughs> okay. Andy had just been. I can't, well, who, what, you were you'd slagging somebody off at that point. You were slagging something off at that point and ranting, railing. It might have been the Ivan world. going to Belarus. It I might think have it was. Been. Yeah. I think it, it was, probably yeah. was. So we get to, and we all put our little St. Petersburg pass against the machines <laughs> and we all go through the barrier. But suddenly we hear this. It sounds like the, the, the sound from Psycho. You, know, <laughs> you can imagine a shower scene. So, of course, we all go through, mm. and then suddenly behind us we hear, eh, 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 and then Andy's kind of leaning forward with his, trying to get his, uh, his ticket to work. He tries again, eh, 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 and it's so loud. Everybody's looking. I'm like, we don't go to his aid because it's calmer, isn't it, after he's just slagging a bloke off for going on holiday with his family. So we leave him there three times. So in the end, he manages to make his way halfway down the escalator. He said, it'd probably help if I used the pass for St. Petersburg and not Moscow. Great, isn't it? Goodness me. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Good morning, very warm welcome back to St. Petersburg. It's approaching 20 past 11 with you, 20 past quite 1 Russian there, you know, woody, warm back. Woody, <laughs> woody yeah. warm welcome yeah. back. We do love the pronunciation of the word merci. Merci, merci. It's fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, um, joining us now, now, we used to find on this show, we'd occasionally get contacted by Zenit St. Petersburg social media website, so they were yeah. listening to the show. And we thought, this is a bit random. <laughs> very random. So we yeah. thought, we're going to come here, and we're going to try and track <laughs> them down and find out what the, uh, the, the uh, interest was. And it's because they have a Brit involved in their uh, social media team. And it's Mark, and he's joined us now. Good afternoon, Mark. Uh, afternoon, chaps. Good to see Brilliant. you. Are, so, you yeah. are you employed by the club to, to run it, or how does it work? Yes, I run um, Zenit's social media and international... My official title is Head of International Media Operations. Oh, which wow. sounds, uh, but I just do the social media and the website. Brilliant. And how long have you been out here? Uh, this uh, three seasons I've done with Zenit, and uh, yeah, so for four years here and three seasons with Zenit. Oh, and you, and presumably, obviously, you speak Russian. Was it difficult to master? Da ya gavrupa ruski. Beautiful. I, I was a student here in the nineties, oh. uh, so yeah, I can speak uh, fairly good. Yeah, especially for a Brit because we're you know not, not that hot in languages. Can they hear your accent? I presume they can. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, they know I'm foreign. Uh, best compliment I get is people ask me, "Are you from Yugoslavia? Are you from Lithuania?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I say, oh, I'm, from, "I'm from I'm from uh, North London." Oh, that's pretty <laughs> yeah, fabulous. So, um, before we touch on that, we must ask you about. We said we were in the stadium last night. It was a fantastic mm-hmm. atmosphere and a great performance, and it seems to have really caught everybody out because most Russians said, "Oh no, we've got no chance." Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Russian teams really had... They're quite similar to England. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone slags them off, and <clears> no one expected... Uh, no one expected much this time, but they've, they've come out of nowhere. The last two years, they've been awful in the, in the run-up, but the last two games, it's been like, can, been like watching Brazil. Yeah. Can you explain it? I mean, uh, Well, new team. Uh, uh, you know, I can't really... You know, you know what it's like, the build-up to the you know, friendly matches... 
Maybe it's the atmosphere, the whole country's behind oh. them, the World Cup, and the swept up with it. I don't know. It, it just seems they, everything's they come well together. They played well last night. Yeah, they oh, did. They I mean, it's not been fluky. It's not been set pieces. They played some great football. They scored great goals. Yeah, uh, it, it just seems everything's gelled together. Um, and, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a revelation. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, was, it was quite the party here, wasn't it? We saw people wandering back 9 o'clock this morning still with face paint on, staggering down the street. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, I, I was the only one who turned up in the office this morning. So. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, when I left, there was only one other guy. So, yeah, yeah I think so. That's so, Zenit, um, obviously a very mm-hmm. well-known name in, in uh, sort of world football, certainly in Europe. So where, where are they at at the moment as a club? Uh, it's, it's a, uh, well, we've been going through a transition period for a couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, not a great season last season. Finished fifth. We, we were top until uh, the mid-winter break. And then a, a real slide and finished fifth. But... Uh, New manager now, Mr. Sergei Semak, a Russian, former Russian international, he's taken over. So, you know, we're looking for a bright new season. After a run of overseas managers, you had three overseas managers. I think it's a bit of a Russian thing. <laughs> I'm a Chelsea fan, as you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we've gone through a few as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we've had, um, we had AVB for a while. We had a bit of success under AVB, we won the title, and then uh, his last season we won the cup. Uh, then we had a Romanian manager, Lukescu, who, who was he did really well at Shakhtar Donetsk. Mm-hmm come to us and we had a, a bad season under him he left Roberto Mancini took over looked promising at the start and then uh, it sort of fell away last I heard of AVB was in the Paris Dakar rally yeah. I mean, what's happened to him uh, <laughs> I mean I know look, he's he had for a, the Real Madrid job yeah, seriously seriously he had a hard time at Chelsea and a very hard time at Tottenham mm-hmm. but I remember Jose Mourinho saying don't write this bloke off because he, he will be eventually a very good manager do, do you think that's true I mean he's very well respected here and uh, you know, I tell people he had a hard time at Spurs and Chelsea, and they, oh no, you know, we they think he's a, a wonderful here. Wow. Uh, but yeah, like you, the, the Parry Dakar thing was a bit out of nowhere, and China, that was. Yeah, that was oh, yeah. I, I don't I, know where he is now. It's interesting with foreign coaches. I read Mark Bennett's book, Football Dynamo, before mm-hmm. it came out. I know it's 10 years old, it, it does take you back to when Hiddink came here. And uh, the idea of, of, a, of a foreigner being in charge of the. Uh, of the Russian team they were very unhappy about the time I mean obviously he had great success and they changed their attitude but they would prefer to have much like we would I suppose Russian managers if possible absolutely I mean you can draw the comparisons between us and them Capello after England came to the Russian team and exactly the same (laughs) results and uh, bunch of laughs isn't he yeah he's, uh, <laughs> he's a strange but he's had so much success in his career but those last two jobs well paid but disasters uh, we were, we were told by Russians as well that uh, before the games got underway that uh, the current Russian manager um, not particularly popular he said with the players quite a hard line bit of a disciplinarian there wasn't a lot expected of him but he stepped up hasn't he yeah spot on um, yeah uh, he, uh, up until Yesterday <laughs> was a very unpopular man, and uh, the fans were all tutting at him and just, you know, we haven't got the players. What can he do? But you know, he's he's, he's done it when it's needed, yeah. hasn't he? Now so, we were, we oh. were in uh, we were in uh, the stadium last night yeah. for the game. Now um, this that's now Zenit's uh, stadium, isn't it? Or yeah, I mean we've been playing. It opened uh, 2017. Um, Ex Chelsea man uh, Branislav Ivanovic scored the first goal there, mm-hmm. um, and it's yeah we it's our stadium. Um, and it and it will revert back to us after the World Cup. Yeah, and what sort of crowds do you get? Uh, fifth, well, fifty fifty thousand. Wow. So practically um, full now, because that's sixty plus that stadium. Yeah, isn't it? well, that's only for the World Cup. Right. It's been extended by ten thousand. Um, you might have seen the temporary seating around the around the. Uh, yeah, uh, oh, we did. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Zenit in Europe, they've been a sort of Champions League fixture, but obviously, yep. like my club Chelsea, they're not going to be. They're going to be in the Europa League presumably mm-hmm. next season. That's. A little bit of a blow when it comes to attracting players and that sort of thing. I mean, it's a massive blow. We were in the Europa League last season. Um, we, we played Celtic. That was a brilliant mm. weekend here. 
And yeah. Celtic fans were fantastic uh, during in the city. Um, but yeah, it's, it's Europa League again, which isn't isn't what we. It aim doesn't for. help your league form, does it? When you're playing on the Thursday night, I don't know what it is. It's a odd thing. But there again, you you finish fifth this season. That, so. I mean, that's what uh, Mancini was saying. You're playing on a Thursday and a Sunday. Uh, we haven't got the squad to do it, and you need injuries. a double squad almost. It's, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, who are the main rivals then? Obviously, we've got a, a, a sort of, glut of Moscow club, clubs, but you're kind of, we'll come on to this in a minute, but you're mm. sort of alone at the top level in, in St. Peter's. I mean, we are. We, we, we call it a one club city. Yeah. Um, like a Newcastle thing. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, we uh, mainly despise Spartak. Um, oh, okay. Spartak <laughs> Moscow are the one the, the fans uh, want to beat, and that's, yeah. that's the most important fixture of the season. That's the one we sell out every season, and we beat them 5 1 at home, so that was amazing. And that was when we were top That's of the league. What is the, what's the history of that? Why does that um, I mean, it's a long story. Uh, there's the rivalry between the two cities. Um, Spartak in the 90s was seen as uh, not the most honest of teams. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of controversy over the way they behaved. Match fixing. There was. Have there been allegations? <laughs> over, there's been allegations over the years across Russian football. Of, okay. of match fixing, yeah. which especially towards Spartak, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we popped into the Zenit Club shop actually, mm. and uh, uh, it was quite amusing because uh, David over there handed me a was it you, John? Actually, no, he David handed me a Branislav. You mentioned Branislav Ivanovic, there. yeah, popular guy here. And there's a postcard of him, and I thought, oh, that's nice. I thought they were like complimentary, so I said, can you put this in your bag? Yeah, and of course, no, so it's back to shoplift in Russia. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that wouldn't be a good idea. I think that would cost you about twenty p. But uh, well, <laughs> I, I, I'm fully prepared to pay for yeah. it. I just he didn't want to break into twenty p. That's fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I've got a bag full of club tat for you guys. Anyway, oh, so, that's uh, great. That's now, really social media wise. Uh, yeah. Do you get, have you got a presumably massive of followers, not only here in St. Petersburg, but right across Russia? Uh, well, uh, across the world. We're the, we're the most popular club in Russia as far as social media and wow. website hits goes. We've got, I think we have about 3 million followers with them all put together. Um, and we, after Man City and I think Real Madrid, we have the most number of foreign language websites in the world. We've got um, J- Japanese, Chinese, uh, Spanish, Portuguese, German, French. Um, yeah, th- thirteen websites of Russia, including Russian, fourteen websites we have. That's amazing. Yeah. So, is it easy to sort of monetize this? I mean, how does it work? Is it just to spread the word, or what? I, I sort of quite interested because I'm a bit older. I can't try to say what is the point. Is what I'm trying to say. Uh, to you. <laughs> what is the point uh, of social media? Uh, uh, well, because yeah. it's my job. I've never yes, questioned no. what's the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't, you don't want to start questioning. That. No, it's not the question you want to ask. Goes home and gives it all up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> goes back to England. Like, after Sorry. that chat with Andy Jacobs, I thought, yeah, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, go no, I think that's a very good point. Um, I mean, you can see by the World Cup, Russia wants to improve its image. Um, Zenit, Zenit regard themselves, or we regard ourselves as a as a big club, and yeah. we want to spread the word. And uh, you know, big clubs should have a lot of websites and should have fans from all over the world. And we, we've got a lot of fans from China. We have a lot of Chinese students in St. Petersburg. I think uh, I think fifty thousand is the statistic. Wow. wow! So we're trying to attract them. We're trying to look for fans. Um, when we had Hulk here, we had an awful lot of fans from America and Brazil. Um, and you know we get a lot of hits. I used to like him. He was a good player, Hulk. Wasn't yeah, he? Oh, he was. best player that's ever played in Russia, I think. Really? Yeah, he was exceptional. In his heyday, he was a special player. I think. Yeah, I think it's a shame he went to China. I think he still had some years left in him. I think you say that about a lot of players, actually. Oh well, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, we were saying that about Axel Witzel the other day. You're yeah. watching this guy, kind of in his pomp, a yeah. young player who could have gone anywhere in Europe, and uh, he went to China. Yeah, I mean, Juve were in for him, and uh, you know, if it was me, I'd have gone. Juve, but yeah. <laughs> I would have done it. Same with Oscar at Chelsea. You know, he, he was earning good money there. All right, he's earning fantastic money in mm. China, but who's heard of him? His career's not in the Brazil squad. Well, it's just—it's like saying 
this is the end of my career. Thanks very much, Europe and Russia and everywhere. Uh, now I'm just going to go for the payday. Yeah, That's well, what it is. Neither him or Hulk are in the World Cup squads, are no. they? And... Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a shame. Absolutely. Well, Mark, it's been lovely to put a face to, to all those many. Uh, oh, thanks, chaps. And thank you for getting involved in the show. We always do appreciate. It. We love the kind of the random hits that we get from Zenit. It's fantastic. That's right. Can I just give you a gift? I've got a section of gifts, but I've got a special one for uh, okay. Andy. I thought we, we oh, thought no, we like in the office. That's, that's a beautiful nice. thing. The 2019 Vladimir Putin, Vladimir Putin calendar. calendar. I shall put that up. I don't know what my wife will make of it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. From Talk Sport. Well, Steve, you know we're trying to make you a TV star. We've been coming up with TV formats along with the editors listeners. have been getting in touch with Yeah, us, yeah. yeah. Commissioning editors are very interesting. We've got some meetings lined up when we get back. Um, so some more f- a format. Uh, Freeth, myself and I. Um, we don't quite know what that is yet. We're still working actually on the nature of the show. Have you got any idea, Andy? No, but I did like you very much. I think this is a real go. This, especially, is this the, especially if Sir David Attenborough does finally retire. Well, this Freeth, is Freeth Beneath. Beneath. Freeth Beneath, which is a kind of Jacques Cousteau. I mean, do you, do you, are you a professional diver at all on the off chance, Steve? <laughs> I'm terrible. All, all the kids have swimming lessons and I have to watch and I, and I feel for them because I'm terrible at swimming. I got a green badge, I think, at school and that was about it. Well, that's enough. Um, I mean, that would be cool. fine to go and do quite a lot of deep-sea diving around and sharks. I particularly like this one. Set me free. Set me free. This, this is where the... Steve gives tennis lessons to West Brom players. Is that right? Yeah, it's just a set each. Oh, OK. Well, I, I, thought, I saw it more as a kind of escape. Like we have him in an escape room and he has to get out with a series of clues. <laughs> you do that as well. Uh, the I have actually of... got one, actually. I don't know whether you're interested in this, guys. How about oh, a yeah. rehash of the 1974 film... Um, Freebie and the Bean. How about yeah. Freethy and the Bean? Me and Marcus Bean, maybe? And That's right, yeah. Freethy and the Bean. It's yeah, great. He gets me free tickets for every single uh, Wickham game, and I just go around and stab him like uh, prawn sandwiches. How Marcus is another man who really should be doing more TV. And finally, one for Channel X, a roast Freethy. Yeah, with roast Freethy. We're not sure about that. We're so, I, I, I think it should be a cookery show. But Andy, Andy had another thought, but we're not getting into that. Uh, Steve, we will, we'll catch up with you tomorrow, mate. Thanks very much. Cheers, boys. Andy Jacobs live from St. Petersburg. The football gets underway at one o'clock. And Mark Sack is your host for Portugal versus Morocco. We'll cross to him in around 10 minutes' time. Now, we, as you heard, we caught up with Eric Dye and talked football. Um, but we had one little supplementary question. They had issues in Volgograd with insects, and mm. uh, we got his take on that. You've uh, looked like you've escaped a mosquito bite, unlike Harry and uh, Marcus. Um, so uh, what was the secret? What did you do that they didn't? And was it bad? I don't know, they probably had too much perfume on or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, did, I, had no, I, I didn't have a problem with it, but uh, maybe I'm not, I'm not too sweet. <laughs> yeah, because uh, apparently if, you, you know, if you're sweet, they, they like it, don't That's they? Is, yeah, okay. so, I'm, so I'm obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up in Portugal, yeah. he must have a few secrets, I yes, suppose. He, he did grow up in Portugal, but also I have a bit of a connection to Eric. Yeah, you mentioned yeah. it to him, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I knew his mum, and uh, they used to live round the corner, literally, from me in Chiswick. Only live round the corner. Live round the corner. He's as Chiswick as I am. He loves polenta. Does he really? I bet he wouldn't eat that food at the England meeting. <laughs> in fact, he said to me, he said, that meal, he said, made school dinners look like Michelle Rue. No, he didn't. Let's point out, no, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. He never said anything <laughs> of the sort. But very nice lad. Lovely boy. What a really lovely nice boy. And I really hoped, you know, it's never... I've, I've to, I'm probably going to be watching this guy for a, possibly another 10 years. Yeah. And I was, I, you know, you think, I, I don't want to come away every time yeah. he touches the ball thinking, I met him once and I didn't like him. No, what a no. lovely kid. That's good, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it Excellent. was good on, on a personal level. Anyway... Um, Tinsel the turkey now. Let's get the World Cup update on a plate with Just Eat. Mm. 
Update on a plate on TalkSport with Just Eat. Because a feast of football requires a feast of a takeaway. Just Eat. Put it on a plate. Yeah, he's not very happy about being referred to being on a plate. No, I mean, <laughs> he yeah. got a bit nervous there. Yeah, he, he did. You better he get was, his tips right today. He was looking over his shoulder a bit when the, that sponsorship uh, deal was discussed with him, yeah. Anyway, Tinsel, uh, very good uh, afternoon to you. Yeah, we've had a great time in the stadium last night. Thanks very much. I, we saw you there in your in your blazer with all the FIFA hobnobbing it with the technical advisors <laughs> waving like, at us as you went and got it. a free cup of tea and yeah, a sandwich. That's true. Typical, isn't it? Typical. <laughs> no, no, we don't blame you. We don't blame Who you. Know, why should you hobnob yeah. with us? You're absolutely right. So I, I think we'll have a look at Saudi Arabia and their chances today. I mean, the, the manager, the Argentinian Pizzi, really didn't do a great job tactically, did he, uh, the other day against uh, Russia? Yeah, it's a good point. Look, he has tried to introduce a more measured and patient passing game. He has, yeah. Unlike Bert Van Marwijk, who did the job before. You're absolutely right, Tinsel, but uh, it really didn't work. So what would, what would you be doing today? <laughs> Stick it in the mixer. <laughs> Stick it in the mixer. That's a bit agricultural. Feed off a second balls. Do whatever you can. Just do whatever yeah, you can, well, you really, know. because uh, needs They need must. a result. You know, it's going to be difficult, isn't it, for them to, to stop Uruguay? Tinsel, finally a score. Comfortable three 0 Uruguay as uh, as we. I, I'm always very pleased to interpret. It's one of the other, the only other language I speak. <laughs> it's Amazing. Bit, like T- Tony Cascarino and Robert Pires. I did. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Tinsel, uh, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks very much. There we are. So uh, thank you very much to uh, Tinsel. We will have a, a good day. That was quite a long out. No, from we him, just wasn't he it, said, yeah. look, boys, have a cracking day. <laughs> Terrific. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's off to meet Seth Blatter. Don't leave St. Petersburg without going into the Hermitage Museum, you heathens, is yeah, what he uh, said. Yeah, no, he didn't, Andy. If you, you can't speak his language, so don't even attempt to. Now, I think uh, it looks like we're off to meet a bit of a star of Russian football, aren't oh, yeah. we? We're, yes. we're hoping that's going to happen this afternoon. Malinfiev yeah. uh, was the Russian goalkeeper, played for Zenit and uh, for uh, Russia. And uh, he man speaks very good English. Yes. And uh, we're going to head down to the uh, Zenit's offices and just have a chat and get a feel for a Russian international's take on what this World Cup is meaning for everybody and the fantastic performance of the national And they've got a museum well. there, I do. I'm they've a got oh, yeah, a bit a of a football sucker football. for a football museum. I love it. So yeah. we're going to go and check that out amongst other things today. Uh, watching plenty of football, I'm sure you will be, or listening to plenty of football uh, at home. So that's very much uh, how our day's likely to pan out. Mm. Uh, what else do you fancy doing? Well, now, yeah, your point, Andy has soldiered on today. Felt quite rough this morning, but uh, yeah. so well done, mate. Oh, thanks you very much. You You've all been very, very nice good. to me. That's very kind. Yeah, I don't know what happened to me. I think, well, it's probably the fact that I have hardly eaten anything in 36 hours and then ate two hot dogs in about two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's not <laughs> well, healthy. Something, I noticed something last night with the Russian crowd. It, it, this is something that's universal, you know, because you always wonder about these things. But they put the attendance number on the screen. Yeah. And people applauded. They do. I've never right. understood that. And what is it about seeing a set of figures of 64,356? Yeah, that's what, oh, we love it. Yeah, just knowing you're part of that. <laughs> yeah. You could see they were in that wasn't the old, oh, they're the season ticket holders. There's only 20,000 <laughs> yeah. here of us. Oh, yeah. It was a proper <laughs> full was house. A proper one, the noise it? levels were amazing, weren't they? Yeah. I mean, that was the thing. They do rack, sort of rack up the old PA system, but the crowd were making so much noise. And it was good to see Mexican waves dying on their backside. Oh, yeah, you got quite annoyed, but you were right to get annoyed. I tell you what I did notice. <clears> I meant to tell you that uh, in the loo here, I don't know if this is in any other pubs, because this is like an old English pub, yeah, a traditional yeah, yeah. Uh, wooden pub sort of thing. 
a wooden, that's a stupid <laughs> way of describing it. I do love an old wooden pub. Yeah. Oh, it's quite hard to get a fire certificate. I should get a job on radio. I've got such a great way with words. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they've got a padded headboard above the stalls in the loo. Headboard. So a you padded headboard? That's for but you know that thing when you've you've had too many drinks and you can't yeah. like, you lean forward you like, to support yourself. You, oh you yeah, yeah, yeah. Having, so yeah, you know, when you're relieving yourself, and there it is, the headboard, perfect. It's a perfect height. It's really comfortable. I, I tried it. I saw a, a leading. I can't mention it. I saw a leading actor once in the bar at the BBC doing just that. He was asleep. He was snoring. Yeah. While having while it's having a, a common, gym. Let's be honest. A common thing. That yeah. The it's, you know the producers. Uh, he's you know he's they, had a few do, they, they do it in talks as well apparently. <laughs> so what a very upbeat football based way to finish the show. <laughs> So there we are. That was uh, this morning's show. We do hope you enjoyed it. We'll uh, return tomorrow morning at 10 on TalkSport, live from St. Petersburg. So have a great day. Enjoy all the football. And thanks very much for downloading us. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.